It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Solar Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots. Hey, we, uh, today, all we're going to talk about is all this TV. Because you know what? Um, the thing is, it used to be just Hollywood would produce stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Toronto. But now everybody's producing stuff. So you got stuff coming out of CBS. You got stuff coming out of, you know, all these networks and all these streaming channels and all this stuff. There's so much junk out there. And... We are living in a renaissance of television. I really think that we are. I mean, ever since Breaking Bad, we've had this kind of renaissance of TV. Maybe even it was, go back uh, it as was further bef- than that. It was further than Sopranos. That. Mm-hmm. You know that elevated the level to which television is expected to be. You know, and what kind of quality television shows are are make it. I mean, the ones that make it are well written, well produced, you know, they they're cinematic quality, you know, that kind of stuff. Gone are the days of, you know, Miami Vice and, you know, <laughs> uh shows like that. I mean, no, they, they still exist. Well, yeah, but they I still mean, exist. yeah, they st- mostly on CBS. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But what's weird is like CBS their streaming channel has some really great stuff. I mean, really top-notch cinematic kind of stuff with great story. Stuff that would make the the formulaic, what I say, garbage that comes out of, you know, like, I'm sorry if you hate me, NCIS, all these kind of shows like that that are just like week-to-week formulaic I used shows, to watch NCIS. Procedural. I used to like watch NCIS a lot, yeah, and, I, and I liked them, but it just got just... Got- just it is. It just got tired. It's like bad guy does something. They spend all this time in the lab using equipment that no CSI uses. Um, oh, my, totally unrealistic. Right. And then they find the bad guy. My, and it's my like, favorite oh, was some of those CSI shows, like CSI. I think it was Cyber, and they had like mm-hmm. they had like those um, hologram. Touchscreen computers that were like that looked like the ones from Minority Report. Yeah, listen, that, that's totally. Real. I have a former student who's <laughs> actually a CSI, and she will tell you. And she works in a in an FBI CSI lab, mm-hmm. and she'll tell you none of that stuff exists. It's microscopes and test tubes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really there's none of that stuff that happened in Bones. You know where they're like doing all this cool whiz-bang stuff in their lab and everything. It doesn't happen. They don't do things like that. Um, you know, even right down to Miami Police Department on Dexter affording a guy who's a blood spatter expert, and that's all he does. No. No. <laughs> yeah. The CSI does all that stuff, and they're amazing people. And, yeah. The, you, the, know. you know, um, it's a little bit off topic but sort of on topic mm-hmm. there is this thing called we're just the, riffing the day. yeah yeah there is this thing yeah. called the csi effect mm-hmm. that there was like lawmakers and not lawmakers but uh uh law enforcement and, mm-hmm. and lawyers mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. man they were so happy when like the last of csi died out because there is this thing called the csi effect uh-huh. like this is like a documented thing they're literally calling it that and they hate it mm-hmm. is this thing where people so many people watch that show that when they were on juries 
they expected matches to be 100% positive, DNM matches yeah, to be 100%. Yeah, not get that. Yeah, and they expected results to be back in like, mm-hmm. in like a day yeah. instead of like six months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we've talked on this show about hacking and how long it takes to hack something. Right. Months. It, but it's months just like months. people watch this stuff on TV and they just uh. believe it as fact because they're like, oh, this is like, this is real life crime investigation. <laughs> like, like this is how it actually is. And so juries go on to people join a jury and think they have some kind of insider knowledge to how crime, crime, uh, 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 Crime scene. Yeah, forensics and everything worked based yeah. on a TV show yeah, that, yeah. that they watched. So, so well, first show that I want to talk about, this is, this is a great topic, and I think we're really, I'm really having fun with it. But, um, you know, if you, and if you have some pet peeves about television shows too, please write us at, at uh, threesolarstardrive at gmail.com. Um, but man, okay, the show that we finished watching recently that just ended is called The Passage. And it's based on a series of books that are set way far in the future after some cataclysmic apocalyptic event happens. Basically a vampire plague, mm-hmm. you know. And there's this girl, and she's a, she's a young girl, but actually she's several hundred years old because she's been injected with the vampire virus, a form of it that allows her to have all the powers, but not really the bloodlust. Um, and so... Basically, what this show was, it sets up the whole how all that happened, which the book doesn't really go into it that much uh, because I did read like the first novel. Um, it does later. I, I understand that later he, you know, the, the, the author gets into all the details of what happened in the plague and everything and how it all happened. But the television show is set today. And it's at the beginning of this thing. And what it is is these two guys, they're two, two virologists. It's a virologist is what they, they study viruses. They um, are trying to find some kind of a, a way to stop all the horrible viruses of the world, you know, like Ebola and all these other plagues that happen in the world because we're due for something mm-hmm. big, you know, and they're worried about it. Well, his, his wife... The one of the guys. She has Alzheimer's. Yeah, she has Alzheimer's, and that's mainly his main motivation. Yeah, for he doing wants this. to see if he can develop a virus that will salt that will that will you know cure her Alzheimer's. So, um, in the course of this, uh, they get wind of some guy who lives in Bolivia who apparently is like two hundred years old or something like that, and they're like, what? So they go to Bolivia and they actually find a vampire like living in a cave, like in a cage. And the villagers go up and they give him blood and stuff. And they let him out. And he bites one of the dudes, and then they capture, they kill him or whatever. And uh, this infects one of the one of the scientists, and they have to lock him up because he becomes this horrifically horrifying vampire. And then they start using him to produce this virus. And uh, uh, patient, I don't want to spoil patient it. Zero. Yeah, he's patient he's zero. He's patient zero. And they use his. They they isolate the virus that that creates this vampirism, and they begin to inject it in people that nobody will miss. Quote, you know, that the yeah, government it, goes out and it's finds. it's mostly people that are like mur- people on mur- death row. On death row. They're on and death they, row. They make it like they they were executed. You know, they they fake their death and you know lethal injection. And then they bring them to this facility and they start experimenting. Yeah, some Colorado, I think it is. Yeah. Um, um, so, but basically, you know, 
Richard started watching it because he needed like another vampire fix, you know. Um, I started watching because he said it was really good, and so I caught up on it and started watching it. And man, it was a great series for first season. They hit it out of the park. Yeah, you know. I, I don't want to spoil anything right, about it. I don't, so you should watch. I it, don't but. really want to spoil it, but I was. I, I, I'm sure I've spoken about this before on the podcast. I just don't remember because my memory's getting shorter. Um, that I really my favorite creature as far as film horror films and things mm-hmm. like that go are vampires and the problem is that <laughs> I just had such a hard time finding a good one in recent years <laughs> yeah. because you had Twilight come along oh. and that kind of ruined it and you had all these then you had like all these things like the Vampire Diaries come along that tried yeah. to imitate it and lots up and True it's Blood True, true Porn yeah. um, um, so that's bad. what I call it True Porn um and uh, it's just, it's just been. There's so much mediocre uh-huh. step vampire stuff out there that's lent solely to teenage girls. It's not really even supposed right. to be scary anymore. Yeah, it's just awful. Um, but, but this, man, the is, vampires in this are terrible. They're they're there are they are <laughs> creepy. And the thing about this, they're like got like this psychic link, a hive mind, a hive mind. That's yeah. right, a hive mind. And, you know, you never see them speaking or anything like that. They're just, like, they kind of just stand around with, like, a dead glare. Yeah. And uh, But then you see them speaking to each other in, in their minds. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, the way they glare. It's kind of like The Walking Dead, but they're not all decayed. And they're and you can tell there's something going on behind their eyes. It's like they're thinking about something, but you just can't. Yeah, it... And they're very. They seem very feral. And yeah. When they come out and they decide to do their thing. They are very. They're like an animal. Yeah. There's no way. And the way the way they turn yeah. is very interesting. And yeah. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. No. The the way they turn is very interesting. Is when a character gets bit, and they're on the verge of turning. It's like a choice that they have yeah, to make. They have though. to make a choice. That they have um, the 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 lead character. What was his name? It's been a little while yeah. since I watched the the series since it went off the air the first season. Um, it's been about a month, um, so I'm, I'm forgetting some of the names. It's fine. But anyways, the lead vampire guy. Yeah, the lead vampire guy. He like comes to them in their mind. He's part of this hive mind that he's kind of created this group. He's trying to build an army. Wasn't he on Lost? I that think guy? so. No, yeah. no, 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 not no. No, uh, what's his name? Ian Henry Cusack. He was on Lost. He's the lead guy that was trying. Right. He's not the vampire. He played. He played. Uh, he played. Uh, um, oh gosh, Desmond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. He he was on one, but Even I'm talking about the main vampire guy. Okay. He anyways. He goes to them and he says, "Hey, you're about to turn. You can either join me and turn, and, or you can choose not to and you can just die. Yeah. And that's the way they turn in this, which is pretty interesting. They have to make a choice. They can either choose to turn or they can die, but yeah, they have to Yeah, if they don't choose, they will die. They'll just dry up and die. And the vampires in this, man, they're affected by light, you know, garlic, all the stuff, you know, it's the same kind of stuff that wards off vampires. I don't think they were using garlic. Did they use garlic at all? I don't think so. I don't no, think so. It was so. mostly just sunlight. It was just sunlight. There was no like stuff with silver and or anything no, like that. There's no either. holy water. Yeah, like it wasn't. It was just sunlight. sunlight. It was like, it, this was a very, this is, that's what was great about this. This mis- mixed so many genres. It, it mixed horror, action, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a, a, 
a mix and even of like a, there stuff. was some real good drama. That's what was great about it. It was like a it was it was a drama too. And of all people that he would have in a show like this, and I was completely unexpected the kind of character he played was the dude who used to play Zach. Oh, on, really? On, yes. Oh, dude, he's done a lot of drama since oh, then. Oh, yeah, but I mean, the kind of character he mm. plays, it's like, it's a really good character. What's the guy's name? Uh, Mark Paul Gossler. Mark Paul Gossler. Mm-hmm. He plays this guy. He's a, uh, he's, I guess he was a former Navy SEAL. And now he's working for this government organization and going out and grabbing people and bringing mm-hmm. them in. Oh, he's and a he's, Marine. He, yeah. Was he a Marine? He was a Marine. Oh, okay. But anyway, he, he anyway, special forces. Whatever. It's so, Army, but he, but he goes, he whatever. brings, he comes <laughs> in, he brings in this little girl, and, and there's this dynamic where he's got, um, in his past, his daughter died. And uh, she died very young. She died, uh, you know, at the age that this girl is. And he connects with this girl that he's kidnapping. And it's almost like a reverse Munchausen syndrome <laughs> where she he falls for her like, you know, like she's his daughter almost. And he's just wanting to protect her. And that drives him to do the things that he does in the, in the series. And it's like, I think that if he wasn't... Um, kidnapping a little girl if it was somebody else i think he wouldn't have turned like that but he completely turns on his on his superiors i mean he becomes a mutineer i mean and it's it's just really cool the way they the way they played that out some really great story story uh story creation in this in this uh series i just really love the story the connection with the little girl and her book the the wrinkle in time which mm-hmm. honestly the wrinkle in time if you know anything about that book and you start watching this, you're going to start seeing some connections between A Wrinkle in Time and this and this series. Lost fathers, you know, lost parent, you know, th- different things that happen in there. And, you know, just feeling safe, having security, knowing that somebody's after, there to protect you. Um, that's just, you know, those themes are running all through the series. And I thought it was really smart how they did it. But... Check out the passage. What, what can you watch it on Hulu? You can watch, yeah, the entire season's on Hulu okay. right now, so okay. you can just binge that. Just binge it. It's so Hulu. good. Yeah, just binge that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about: uh, Richard and I, uh, we got uh, CBS All Access, and so we watched the first episode of the new Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Which Jordan Peele, if you know him, he did um, us recently, and he also did. Um, you know, uh, get out, get out, which um, won tons of Oscars and should have. I mean, it was a great movie, but um, Richard and I differ on this new Twilight Zone. The first episode is the, called The Comedian. It's the first episode. I'm, I can't. I've only seen the first episode, so I'm not judging the series as a whole. Yeah, but um, Richard didn't really like the first episode. Basically, the first episode. Um, now, I'm going to say that I, I liked it. I liked. I was, I was entertained. I was intrigued by the thing. Um, which, if there's anything that Twilight Zone did, and I am a massive Twilight Zone fan. I mean, I, I, I grew up watching episode after episode of Twilight Zone you know, on syndication. Rod Serling coming mm-hmm. out, smoking a cigarette. Probably shouldn't have been doing that, Rod, because you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, smoke a cigarette. And he would be like, picture a man, you know, sitting in his whatever, you know, and he's in the Twilight Zone. And the only, and he always worked in some kind of great line, like, the only way you can get a ticket to this is if you go to the box office that is located in the Twilight Zone. You know, and it's always this, the Twilight Zone working. Yeah. 
But um, Jordan Peele, from in my opinion, makes a pretty good little Rod Serling. He was he pretty feels good. Feels the feet, the way the thing feels. It feel it has the tone of Twilight Zone, the same tone. Um, you know, it has that you know kind of. Uh, ambiance where it's like there's this mystery going on and and the guy's slowly discovering something weird is happening and and by the end of it he is forever trapped in it you know it's like the that's kind of what happens in a lot of these twilight zones the thing that's i think maybe richard might have picked up on and you can chime in on this when you want is that usually great twilight zone episodes always comment on something going on in our life as human beings. You know, like, what is the great human condition thing that this is commenting on? You know, like, uh, time enough at last where, you know, um, gosh, Burgess Meredith, he's the guy with the big thick glasses, you know, and he's always reading all the time and he's not paying attention to his job. And then he survives a nuclear holocaust and then finds all these books and his glasses break. You know, it's like the ultimate, like, twist. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, this is the end, you know. Um, even that had a, even though that was a little twisty episode and it was kind of a joke, um, it also had something to say about our fear of nuclear holocaust. You know, like, this is this who's going to be left, you know, whenever we blow everybody up. Um, because every, the, the episode came out right about the time that, that people were building bomb shelters, you know, mm. in their houses. And, 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 and they were terrified of nuclear war. There um, was, in fact, more than one episode focusing yeah, on nuclear war. Yeah, there were a lot war. of... I'm so, saying that there were a yeah. lot of episodes that focused yeah. on nuclear war um, because of the Cold War. And people were... Fr- you know... But this episode was really more about just watch what you wish for if you you know the pursuit of fame you know is really bad don't give everything to do because you're going to sacrifice too much you know and um that's a good message i thought that was a good message but i felt for a first episode maybe was a little weak it was in my opinion very weak i thought the <laughs> i thought the concept i thought the concept was great and it felt very twilight zone it did it's like that the concept of it did. It's the first time and I've ever I seen underst- Tracy Morgan in a role that I thought right. was creepy. Okay, so here's the deal: a lot of a lot of upcoming episodes in this are going to be featuring a lot of comedians. He's pulling in a lot of comedians for yeah. this show because of his background. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, anyways, okay. So the setup for the first episode: the comedian is this guy played by Kamal Ninjani. Uh-huh. I think I'm, I'm pronouncing his name right. I think so. Um, I'm sorry if if I'm not. Um, the, uh, he's this stand, struggling stand-up comedian. Who's terrible. Who's terrible. He is oh, terrible. And, so bad. And he's like, if I can just, if I can just, he just wants it all. And that's yeah. in pursuit of fame. And he's got like this girlfriend who's like supporting him. She's a doctor. She, she's a doctor. Yeah. She's a nurse. And is she, she a nurse? She's a nurse. Okay. And she's basically supporting him financially. Mm-hmm. And while he pursues his dream at these cruddy nightclubs and um and he's and he's like man if i could just make it and then suddenly this tracy morgan shows up and he's apparently like this huge comedian like uh-huh. like megastar comedian yeah. and named jt something or uh-huh. whatever uh-huh. and he's like 
he's like, man, if you could give me, just give me some advice and he, yeah. anything. And he says, well, you have to be more personal about it, but everything you're sharing, you got to be willing to give up. Right. And so basically what he discovers is when he, na- when he calls out his, uh, his, somebody's name that he's talking about is that they completely disappear from existence. Like yeah. they never existed. Yeah. But we don't want to spoil well, too, too much. Of it. I mean, this is it's this. worth watching. I think because um, it does have a good message. I think it's a, it's like really poignant in that you know people want fame no matter what you know, and it's like what are you willing to give to do that? If are you willing to give up part of yourself or even people that you love in order to have this fame? And um, I think the reason I like it is because I think that it's an episode that kind of speaks a little bit to Jordan Peele's own personal. I think this was a more personal episode mm. for Jordan Peele because Jordan Peele's a comedian and he understands that stand-up comic kind of thing and the fame because he's massively famous, you know. Mm. And maybe along the way he regrets giving up some stuff maybe on the way. So and and maybe that maybe this is a very personal episode. I know maybe. it wasn't written by kind him. Kind of a funny. But it's it it is it I think it is and I the reason I liked it was because I kind of saw that I kind of feel like maybe this first episode has to do with uh, Jordan Peele's personal maybe, feelings. I thought the concept was great and I loved the concept. I mm-hmm. just feel like that it was implemented poorly. Okay, that was my okay. biggest problem. Was like I just didn't I I I appreciated it, but I didn't particularly I wasn't enthralled by it. Okay, okay. Um, Funny story, though, kind of about Jordan Peele, like, moving from comedy into directing and stuff. You just made me think of that. Um, he said, he said somebody want, asked him about get directing, going into directing and writing mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I think it was Conan O'Brien said, when did you decide you wanted to do this or whether, go into directing and stuff and quit acting and stuff? And he's, he's like, well, I, I decided when... Uh, I was really considering it, but I just wasn't sure. And then they called. They called. I got a call from my agent, and they had offered me the role of the poop emoji in the emoji movie. And he said, "That's when I realized that I'm done." Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I heard that story. I mean, <laughs> this is a guy who is honestly. I mean, if you've seen Get Out, and I haven't seen Up. Us yet? Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I want to see it because mm-hmm. everybody I've talked to says it is. It's not about the jump scare. It's about the, the way the movie makes you feel uneasy. I mean, it just makes you feel uneasy the whole time, and so it just amps up the uneasiness until you're just squirming in your seat. And um, that takes a genius to mm-hmm. do that because Hitchcock was Hitchcock could do that. Hitchcock could create a film that would make you so uneasy you would just squirm and you were just like, make it stop. And then when he finally does release it for you, it's like an endorphin rush. I mean, and so I felt the same way watching Get Up, Get Out, you know. Um, so, uh, but, okay. So the, there's Twilight Zone. Yeah. You See know, it. I kind of would have got a kick out. I was kind of sitting there watching. like, you know what I really would have liked to see? Jordan Pill. Do uh, narrate in his uh, do his Morgan Freeman impression <laughs> that he used to do on Mad TV, or 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 President Obama. Oh, yeah. so that would be funny. <laughs> um, okay, so some other stuff 
Uh, I started watching. I'm three episodes into Star Trek, so I don't know. I'll I'll talk about that some other time. But I got to get caught up on Star Trek because mm-hmm. it's good. If you haven't seen the CBS All Access Star Trek, it's worth getting. I mean, it's five ninety nine a month, yeah, but it's worth it. I mean, I'll even sit through the commercials. I mean, you can get an, a commercial free for nine ninety nine, but I'll sit through the commercials to watch it because it's cinematic and good. Um, also finished up uh, Walking Dead. Um, they actually redeemed themselves with this final episode of the season, um, and it was snowing, which was really weird to see snow on a show where everybody just sweats constantly. Um, and, you know, this whole, there's stuff in the, in the final season that sets up some stuff. You're like, oh, they've gone away from the whole misery porn, basically. <laughs> this is what it was for a long time. Mm-hmm. A couple of seasons was just nothing but drudgery and, like, no hope whatsoever. Honestly, that's kind of just why I quit. And it's like, Yeah, I I'm, did, too. I'm at a certain point in my life. Like, there's just some stuff going on in my life right now. I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going to watch something. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I like stuff. That that you know that has a grim outlook and stuff like it has a bit of a grim tone, but uh-huh. but there needs to be some hope in there. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be some moments of levity. Yeah, and that was just kind of like uh, oh was, oh the final one we need to talk about, Richard. What's that? What we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadow. Well, man. Okay. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Another great vampire show. It's so funny. It's two episodes in now. Yeah, Only two episodes two in, episodes. and it's already a classic. It's just so good, and it's so rewatchable. I mean, it's just so funny. I mean, vampires going into a, into a grocery store to buy glitter so that he can impress another vampire because he wants to look sexy like the, like the vampires Vampire from, from Twilight. Twilight. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like a he gets um, his cape caught in the yeah, vacuum so cleaner. It's, there's these three vampires <laughs> that move into a flat in new new uh, in uh, where, where where is it? Is it, it New York? It's yeah, it's New York. Okay, New York. Yeah. Okay then. Um, and um, Staten Island. Staten Island. That's what it was. Staten Island. And they move into this flat together. And there's this one. You've got three of them. You got like this woman, and he was like this countess and uh-huh. this other guy Ooh. that that was like she like. Turned, but then yeah. you got this one name like Vigor the Impaler. Namor. Namor the Impaler, who's basically <laughs> he's basically dr- a comedic take on Dracula, like a really dumb yeah, take. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> his whole deal was impaling people. So, yeah, yeah. And he, and he has a familiar who's he's been for ten years. He's been yeah, a familiar, familiar named Guillermo, <laughs> and this continues the theme from the film where they have a very. Um, kind of un- the underappreciated familiar. Yeah, yeah. He the does guy everything who, for them, and they get must no go appreciation. Out and get you virgins. <laughs> they're always like these larpers. Yeah, yeah. There's this last episode. They say, they say, I found you some virgins, and they're like all standing outside, like floating outside their window, looking at them as they're doing a larping session and stuff. And she's and and they're saying, and one guy in there is like, they're like. Yeah, but we don't really think this is real. And, he's, and the guy's like, "Yeah, we do. This is real." And one of them's like, "I don't want to drink these versions. They will make. They will taste sad." Yeah. Um, yeah. They, um, they, just so all funny. that. But they've got like, <laughs> they're the big deal so far is they've kind of just been wallowing about and kind of lazying around. And so the master shows up. And he's and, horrific. Yeah, he's horrific, and he's played by <laughs> by creature actor Doug Jones. Yeah. And um. <laughs> He shows up, but he's like, 
why haven't y'all conquered America yet? It's like, y'all need to be conquering America. You're supposed to have been... My favorite bit is he comes out of the coffin and immediately kills the one guy's familiar. Not Guillermo, the other guy. No, no, the other guy, yeah. Drains his familiar, and then he, like, looks up, and he's like, I have risen from the... Who are these people? Oh, it's a documentary crew. Just ignore them. It's all right. It's going to be everywhere. Oh... We will spread our news from. We will spread our kingdom far and wide with this documentary crew. <laughs> it's just so absurd. But I mean, it's written by. I think the first episode was written by Jermaine Clement. I first think two. First two. Uh, and then it's directed by Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. So good grief! It is just. I mean, it's almost like they just went. Oh well, let's just continue doing this. Well, my you know? favorite character on the show so far is is uh. <laughs> Oh, what's the character's name? I forget, but he's played by Mark Prosh, and he's a psychic vampire. He's an energy vampire. He's an energy vampire. He looks normal, but he, like, well, as normal as Mark Prosh could look. Yeah. But, I mean, he goes into, like, he shows him at work, and he's, like, going around, like, uh, this is my feeding ground. And he, like, he's, like, sharpening a pencil, just making Well, he basically like just he's... annoys people, and he does, like, these really long, slow draw. Uh, uh, boring conversations, and that's so how he funny. and that's how he feeds is off of people's uh, draining people's energy through then, like his boring conversations. Yeah, and, and then stuff. he says, and then he says that everybody knows of knows an energy vampire at work. Somewhere. Yeah, and you're like, yes, <laughs> yeah. we do. There's one at both jobs I have. Yeah, there there is an energy vampire, and you stay away from them because they will drain all of your energy, and you'll just be like, oh, they go and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> they go to a city council meeting. I'm gonna do a big old group feed. Yeah, right he now. said, "Give me, give me a moment. I'm gonna do a quick mega feed." <laughs> and he like goes up to the microphone, and goes, and like, and like uh, I can't remember everything he says, but it's like going into this long it's drawl so about funny. about sta- city, uh, <laughs> town statutes, and things like this. It's on FX. <laughs> you need to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I mean, it's probably the funniest thing on TV. It's gonna. It's gonna be, it's gonna be epic like The Office. I mean, I really think it'll be epic like The Office. Okay, um, finally, um, you watched Titans. I did. I want to talk about why you should be subscribing to DC Universe, the DC, uh, the DC streaming service. We get no money from them, by the way. No, we don't. It'd be in nice fact, if we did, but in we don't. fact, I. Before subscribing to them, I totally dumped all over them more than once. You did on um, several podcasts. Um, because I saw, <laughs> I based my entire. Here's my your enti- plate of crow, sir. Yes, I based my entire uh, opinion of the Titans show on poorly put together trailers. <laughs> I think they looked really poorly because it looked like a they looked like terrible like fan films, <laughs> and um. It really wasn't. I, I subscribed to the seven-day free trial thinking, okay, I'm going to watch this now that the entire first season is out, and I'll binge it and so I can totally rip on it. And I was like, three episodes, and I was like, this is actually good. People weren't <laughs> lying. This is good. Yeah. I thought people – see, before I watched this, I, I saw all the reactions to Aquaman, and I was uh-huh. comparing that to Aquaman. Well, people think Aquaman's great. No wonder they think this is great. But no, this is actually good. And it's it's got a lot of great action, but a lot of great drama. But here's the deal. It's a different take on the Titans, for one thing. They're not really the Teen Titans in this. That's why it's just called Titans. 
and Robin's like, uh, Dick Grayson's like moved to to uh, Chicago, I think it was, where he's uh, trying to get away from Batman because he feels like he's becoming too too more too violent, like Batman is, crushing heads and things, and he doesn't <laughs> want to be that, so he becomes like this detect decides to become a detective, mm-hmm. moves there from Gotham City, and anyways, there's girl, see, I haven't seen it. I'm gonna right, watch this it, is the so. setup. This is the setup. I'm not if spoiling time, anything. I'm, watch it for sure. I'm not spoiling anything, and we'll definitely have to review this full once you see it all. Um, uh, this is just set up. Girl shows up, homeless girl who is Raven, mm-hmm. and she uh, shows up and she's apparently been seeing him in visions and stuff. And this whole crazy cult's after her that's linked to her father, Paragon, um, Trigon. Sorry, Trigon. Uh, I mean, this is basic comic stuff, so I'm yeah. not really again yeah. not really spoiling stuff. Anyway, she goes on to helping him, and eventually they run. In, they cross paths with Starfire, who. Starfire is my only real big issue with this series because I feel like the actress who plays her not a very good actress, and then the outfit, the outfit kind of she well, looks, you know, Starfire looks, in the comic books, right? But she I mean, looks like grief. a but the that's, only one that's a little more racy than that in the comic books is uh, probably either Psylocke or um, Dagger. Yeah, um, but anyways. It's a great story. The acting is really great, except for the Starfire actress. Um, <laughs> but I think it's totally worth watching. And cool. the um, it's coming. It's second season's coming sometime this fall. But moving on from just that, I've started watching Doom Patrol. Okay, first of all, Titans. Sorry, I wanted to mention one more thing about Titans. Not for kids. <laughs> Not for kids. This is it's super R rated. Um, you don't have to start, go into it. They yeah. Did it. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so, next up, I want to talk about Doom Patrol, which is also even more R-rated than Titans, but it it's a complete departure from Titans in that it is so bizarre. It is, like, next-level bizarre, and yeah. I don't want to get too much into that one. Maybe we can discuss that one again later, come back yeah, to it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. That's kind of it. worth it, so. I think. Um, the other one is... Uh, Young Justice. Oh, well, I was going to say something else. But you, Go ahead. Young Justice is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's on there. Okay, Young Justice, they just... This is first... NBC, what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. Well, the uh, season three, the brand new season three, the first half of it aired in March, and it is fantastic. Basically what Justice League used to be, which mm-hmm. I understand. Like back yeah. in the day when Justice League was on, and it was like really cool episodes, great stories, right. and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's the same kind of deal. Yeah, it is. Um, This is basically, it's a continuation from the original two seasons that was on Cartoon Network. But what's great about this is it's allowed them to be more mature. They focus more story, and they don't have to worry about selling action figures anymore. Um, What's great about this is I think you can let you can probably let your teenagers watch it. What they they've they've been given a little more creative freedom, and so while this isn't, there's not like a bunch of nudity or bad language or anything like that. It's all same. They have really amped up the violence in this. Like they introduced Cyborg in this season, and his death is brutal like he's like on the floor his skull is exposed and he's got like entrails hanging wow. out and it's it's pretty gory but wow. still i think that's great and the second half of season three is going to air sometime in july then you've got so many upcoming series you've got swamp thing coming out may 31st already um, and um then harley quinn also and several wow. others but anyways you should go subscribe to DC Com- DC Universe right now because you can watch all those stuff. 
Then you've also got their backlog of all their old mm -hmm. animated shows. And they're soon mm -hmm. adding all, every title that's older than 12 months that is in digital form, they will soon be adding all of that to their reader. Wow. So you, Final thing we want to talk about is, and we won't say very much about it, but um, season two, part two of season two, season was it season two of The Tick? Season two of The Tick. I just finished season two of The Tick. Okay. It's the full season. Okay. This time. Yeah. So um, that's up too. So I do. Amazon's that was, got that up. We'll so. have to review that again, but I will say about that this season, they've made a big change in that it is... PG-13 this time around, mm. the content. So you could probably let your kids watch it. There's no F-bombs, and there's barely any blood. It's very it's very family-friendly as 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 compared to, like, seeing the Marvel Studios film. It's, it's no different than that. Okay. All right. As, well, now you have a lot of stuff to go check out because we've just, like, uh, laid a ton it's on a, you. It, it, it's, it, this and was there's a more. Bit, I mean, we, we could talk about more, but I don't want to rut the episode. We're a bit long. overwhelmed by how much TV <laughs> there is these days. I know. this. Ep I went on a little longer. We went on a little and it's longer. It's not like so we're couch just, potatoes either. No. I mean, we, we've got to, I mean, we've got, to, we've got families and things we do. And, you know, I mean, I watch all this stuff in the evening, and mm -hmm. so it's been, I've been really trying to catch up with that stuff and trying to video game at the same time because I like <laughs> playing video games a lot, but it's like trying to move between those things in the evening. Oh, it's too much. A lot of work. Too much. Okay. Well, until next time, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots. Go watch some TV.